0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This city, oh, is my city, oh. I love it, love it, I love it.
1: I do not detect in this man the same rhetoric and the same language, the same love of America that I detected in other American presidents, including Democrats, and I think it guides a lot of the things that
0: he says and a lot of the things that he does.
1: And that indeed was our former mayor, Rudy Giuliani. And that is how we start tonight, covering the bases from the Spreaker Studios. I'm your host, Alexander Garrett. Great to be with you. Haven't been with you for a little bit. It's a very, very cold, wintry night here in February. Uh, Some snow over the weekend and then uh, hopefully warming up a bit on Sunday. But the news of the week was from a guy who, by the way, was former mayor of this city, Rudy Giuliani, who, by the way, was one of the bigger reasons Mayor Bill de Blasio telling him, you know, it was pretty low of you to criticize Obama like that, saying he doesn't like he doesn't love America. Well, Mr. de Blasio, the only reason you had a shot to be where you were with the 2016 Democratic National Convention opportunity in Brooklyn is because of what Mayor Giuliani did, what Mayor Bloomberg did. And you sort of just reaped up the benefits you didn't get the DNC but all that aside Mayor Giuliani who wasn't even scheduled according to the New York Times to be at the event where Scott Walker was this past Wednesday he did go thanks to an invite by former mayoral candidate John Katsimatidis and boy what a news making event it was at a, a private dinner for Scott Walker who might be the next GOP candidate in 2016 I'll have to see about that. By the way, there's a lot more. There's a lot of them out there, but Mr. Giuliani, Mayor Giuliani, I should say, in front of the packed house, basically said, "I do not believe," and I know it's a horrible thing to say, but he said, "I do not believe that the president actually loves America," and so that set off a firestorm. He was on almost every TV, radio, you know, newspapers were quoting him. He was everywhere yesterday. And you know, I'm going to play you that cut one more time on uh, Megyn Kelly, uh, w- one of the big things he talked about, one of the reasons why he actually made that statement Wednesday night. I do not detect in this man the same rhetoric and the same language, the same love of America that I detected in other
2: American presidents, including Democrats. And I think it guides <laughs> a lot of the things that he says and a lot of the things that he does.
1: And so earlier in the day, by the way, at this White House terror summit. Uh, Mayor, I'm uh, sorry, President Obama, I should say, uh, went on to say that ISIS, the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria, or ISIL, if you are the president the Islamic State of Iran, or Iraq and Levant. Well, he had this to say about our ideas of what ISIS really is.
0: All of us have a responsibility to refute the notion that groups like ISIL somehow represent Islam,
1: which is kind of an oxymoron because. They may not represent the actual ideals of it, but in their minds, they feel like they're representing it. They're twisting the religion for sure, but there is something there that they feel they are representing, and he has to address that. He has to actually not even address us, he has to address them and say, hey, your ideals are not what you think they are. They're radical. They are out of this world. But no, he's telling us, the West and the American people, that it's 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 not the case that they are uh, peaceful people, and that yeah yeah they are crazy, they are radicalized. They're not. There are moderate Muslims. Let's put it out there. There is moderate Muslims. I do believe that. But what these people are doing with ISIS is totally radicalized, and he doesn't even want to admit it. And I'm not sure if he's trying to play the let's have a peace card here or what what he's trying to do. But it's it's just very scary that our own president. Is actually willing to negotiate with these people who will by the way beheaded Coptic Christians last Sunday in Egypt and they've burned more and more by the days here and so mayor Giuliani finally someone stood up and said listen this guy this guy doesn't get it now did he say it harshly Maybe, but he's always been known to speak his mind, which is what made him a great mayor. He he fixed up seconds seconds. He wasn't afraid to dig in when he took over for Mayor Dinkins uh, back in the early 90s. He wasn't afraid to come in and set the record straight, even with the mafia. And so it's no surprise that he comes out again and speaks his mind because that's just Rudy. He is one of the realest people I think this city's had. And for Mayor Bill de Blasio to go and say, you know, that's pretty low of Rudy... Again, he's reaping a lot of the benefits that both Mayor Giuliani and Mayor Bloomberg did for the city over the last 20 years. And it's, it's sort of becoming undone little by little. Um, it, it's a mess of a city. And we'll see where it goes from there. But it was just funny, the timing of everything and how this happened. Because apparently he was at an event with John Katsimatidis earlier in the day. John was like, hey, why don't you come over to the Scott Walker event? And, of course, who's going to stop Rudy or who's going to not want Rudy to speak? Because Rudy, when when he speaks, everybody listens. It's the truth. When he speaks, it seems like everybody wants to hear what he said. And and part of it is what he did after 9-11, how he brought the city together. And the other part of it is, is he was just a mayor that fixed a lot of things in New York that were broken after Dinkins and so he's Mayor Giuliani. He he might have run, he might have won, you know, when he tried to win, but it was just he was he was going off of one thing too much instead of his other accomplishments, which of course were fixing up 42nd Street, you know, getting rid of prostitution almost everywhere in the city, making this a decent city to live in and visit. And by the way, we'll see it in this summer after uh you know, second summer with Bill De Blasio. We'll see if he uh if there are those squeegee guys still roaming the city if there are three car money guys trying to trick people out of money which there were back in the 80s uh obviously I wasn't born then but a lot of history of it and some more history you know being revisited also this week uh we'll get to that in the next segment with tolls in uh, you know on bridges that have been free for eons if you will and uh, will it help we'll have to find out it's a plan by Gridlock Schwartz, Sam Schwartz, who, by the way, uh, writes for the Daily News, uh, does their traffic, and so he and this uh, company uh, coalition trying to get tolls a move on New York, I think it's called, trying to get tolls on the bridges to even it out for all the other. Br- by the way, how can you even out a fourteen dollar toll between Brooklyn and the Verizo- between Brooklyn and Staten Island? I don't know if that can even be evened out. Just a little bit. It it might put a dent in it, but I don't know if it's going to be fully evened out. And so, we'll see what the backlash is or if it continues for Rudy. You know, the guy's just speaking his mind. He's basing it off of facts, really. of uh, The fact that Obama was at Reverend Wright's uh, church. The fact that this guy has had a background that we never really checked out. And so, for him, I think it was enough... Was enough? It was time to say? It was time to say, listen. uh, Someone's got to speak out. Someone's got to say this is not the way America should be. The the, the way America should be run. And he cited Truman. He cited all these other different presidents. And uh, all of them have had flaws. Let's admit that but this guy just seems to be aloof or just trying to fix problems but he's just creating them by not fixing them. He may think by not uh, by not putting that tag on Isis he may think oh it's uh you know it 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 alleviates things but they're still doing stuff and they're still killing people and beheading people. And so they must be stopped one way or the other and Obviously, what also stirred Rudy was probably the speech that uh, Obama gave at the National Prayer Breakfast. And I know I haven't gone off on Obama in a while. I mean a long while, but tonight was due. You know, Rudy, thank you so much for giving me this platform, and, 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 and just tonight was due. Because it's, uh, I, I'd say, enough is enough. By the way, did you know that 800,000 healthcare recipients, .gov recipients, uh, got wrong tax data? And so a lot unfurling here in the last couple of days, and of course the amnesty plan in Texas. White House wants to go against that judge's ruling. The feds are trying to stay the ruling. Um, it's it's a been a messy week, but a once again a newsworthy week. But it just again, the reason why Rudy uh, he's Rudy, but the way it all happened was the fact that he was just invited. Wasn't even really scheduled to speak he just was invited and timing is everything I guess he finally found a flap platform there were media members there and he, he got what he needed to off his chest and of course everyone's going to react except for CBS I read this morning CBS morning show the CBS morning show um, was the only one uh, to push back on Obama's comments I should say but everybody else was sort of just trashing Giuliani except of course Fox and, uh, you know, that some couldn't accept it. Even Republicans. Some Republicans, I believe, went against him as well. The Dems were all over him for it. But Rudy, this is why the city was so successful when he was in office as mayor. Because he did what he had to to get the city back on track. And so enough with this hard topic. We're going to go to a little softer topic uh, on a Friday night. I hope you guys are feeling a little groovy. As we go into the second-to-last weekend in February.
0: One, two, three. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the moment. I'm just kicking down the cobblestones, looking for fun and feeling groovy. Ra da 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 da, feeling groovy. Hello, lamppost, what you know? I come to watch your flowers growin' Ain't you got no rhymes for me? Do it do do, feeling groovy. We're just getting the plan, and we're going to take a look at it, but I will say it speaks to an issue that, of course, is key for the city, how we close the $15.2 billion gap in the MTA's next five-year capital plan, and we know we're going to need to work with our partners up in Albany and come up with some kind of a solution.
1: Ah, yes. You know that thing back in uh, 2007 that was actually, uh, 2008, that was actually shot down by a recently disgraced speaker, Sheldon Silver, well, it's back. In a way, it's back. It's a new version of congestion pricing. Uh, Obviously, there were a lot of lawmakers, including Mark Weprin, by the way, uh, which wants to toll the four East River bridges, including, well, which are the Verrazano, uh, sorry, the Williamsburg, the Brooklyn Bridge, The 59th Street Bridge, by the way, that song never really mentions 59th Street Bridge. It's just called the 59th Street Bridge song, a.k.a. Feeling Groovy. And the other bridge is actually something my mind a minute. And it would be the... uh, And it would also reduce the tolls on the Cross Bay Veterans Memorial, the Henry Hudson... Between the Bronx and Manhattan, the Throgs Neck, between the Bronx and Cree Queens. Now, this group is called Move New York. And, of course, it would require approval from city officials. And, if implemented, it's going to reduce, uh, it would be the 554 toll. By the way, the the, the bridge is now called the Koch queensboro Bridge. That's what it's now called. I forgot about that. The Brooklyn, the Manhattan, that was the other one, and the Williamsburg. So a 554 toll each way, at the four East River bridges, and it would actually include the uh, the West Side Highway and the Franklin D Roosevelt Bridge, uh, D Roosevelt Drive. Sorry, the FDR Drive, of course. I'm a New Yorker and I'm calling it the bridge. That's great. Uh, it would be hopefully, as she mentioned. A plan to close the $15 billion gap in the five-year capital plan for the MTA. But while they're doing all that, they're going to keep raising our rates, our fares, on the MTA. And they're going to raise them on the Metro North and the Long Island Railroad. So really, how much of a dent is this going to make, I guess is the question, on how much of a dent is it going to make on people's on the MTA's wallet? And if it makes a dent, will they then lower prices for their trains and their buses and their LIRR and Metro North? Probably not, by the way. And so the whole deal is to set aside a quarter of the projected $1.5 billion that this plan would do uh, to improve roads and bridges. And by the way, they said they would lower the other Rates, I believe it was like a couple dollars for the Verrazano, a couple dollars here and there, a couple dollars here and there. It's all a plan called congestion pricing. That's where it's going to. Which died, by the way, in Albany as Mayor Michael Bloomberg famously tried to make it happen in this city. And when Shelley Shilder shot it down, he called it a sad day for New Yorkers and a sad day for New York City. The plan would have cut traffic and pollution spurred the economy qualified the city for millions in federal funding and uh, and what what is the big difference between both of them that's from looking at right now uh, would have charged eight dollars to enter parts of manhattan during peak hours uh, that would have been a huge blow to Bloomberg's environmental agenda and political legacy. So once again, uh, would you guys want, comment on this thing, on this Spreaker report. Would you want to be told just to go up and down of drive or the West Side Highway, which have been historically free, or to go and finally be told on these four East River or, or these four East Side bridges over the East River, which by the way is probably full of ice because it's below freezing. And so that's besides the point. But would you want to be told, literally, uh, for crossing these free bridges if it means to lower the gap and lower the tolls for fellow commuters on the other bridges? Or do you think it's a waste of time, it's another failed effort to try and price us out of everything in this city? Uh, Comment below. Comment on Spreaker.com and I'd love to hear your thoughts. And so, de Blasio seems in favor of this new plan, as does Cuomo. It was a plan by Move New York, and it it struck a nerve, because even though I don't drive, uh, you wonder what inspired this new congestion pricing plan. Whether it was just time uh, to say, well, hey, we got to start charging for more tolls. That way, we can lower the cost for others uh, on the tolls. Maybe they just felt it was, it was time to do it again. They've learned from past attempts at congestion pricing, courted dozens of community groups and legislators to address concerns about the fairness of a new tolling plan and the impact of any charges uh, changes. Sam Schwartz, of course, is the leader of this, former New York City traffic uh, commissioner, and of course he was uh, he's known as Gridlock Sam. And uh, 554 again, each direction. We'll see what happens when it hits, uh, when, when the proposals been fully reviewed. And we'll see where they go with it. Anyway, up next, uh, Vice News. Actually, well, they went back to this place.
0: Back in the U.S., back in the U.S., back in the U.S. That's all. Uh-huh. Well, did the ooh, good great girls really knock oh, me
1: child that George's always a Now, this story is actually pretty relevant considering what's going on with Russia and Ukraine and the fact that the U- the Soviet Union, uh, actually, was responsible for dumping a bunch of nuclear submarines, reactors, and containers into the ocean. And, of course, this was part of the 1986 Chernobyl disaster in Ukraine. And out of that, the submarines and reactors were dumped by Soviets up until the early 1990s. And now, you know, they're trying to drill over there for oil and energy. And, of course, Russia now is showing interest in cleaning up the waste. But it may not be repairable, as some of the most dangerous pieces may be unstable, to remo- too unstable to remove, leaving the potential for radioactive material to leak, which could disrupt commercial fisheries and destroy aquatic ecosystems and so it seems relevant now because again russia ukraine what's going on over there it's called it it was dumped in the baron's sea and you wonder now if we were involved and everything would we try and help clean the waste that that way we could get some energy from them i don't know and i'm probably talking crazy right now But, uh, it just reminded me that someone in New York City photographed these subway cars being dumped into the ocean. Totally different effect, by the way, than what's going on in Soviet... Like, in Russia, they're actually polluting the waters over there. But here, in New York City, our MTA gets rid of broken down subway cars by just uh, loading them on the custom barges. And then, in the middle of the ocean dumping them, using construction equipment to push the subway cars over the edge, splashing them into the waters. And the cars go over the edge one by one. And, uh, you know, it may seem like pollution, the way it goes down, the way they dump them in, but apparently there's a deeper purpose behind this odd method of of disposal. This is according to Stephen Mallon, who had these beautiful shots of the subways being pushed off the barge. And the subway cars are designed now to be left on the ocean floor to be assimilated into the ecosystem. Over time, every surface will be covered in life, creating an artificial coral reef system. And so, whereas we have one thing that they're panicking now because they realize, hey, we got to get some oil, we got to get some energy from this place. You know, Russia's finally waking up and saying, hey, we got to clean up our mess because what that, that happened in 1986 was harmful and the continuation of it was even more damaging. Well, now the, uh, the artificial coral reef system is thanks to the subways because every metal pipe edge, ridge and corner provide service area for the coral ecosystem. So as these trains erode away, they actually seem to benefit the environment. And, uh, As you can see in the photos, you know, they have fishes swimming in dilapidated subway cars. And what a genius idea. You know, the MTA, for everything they seem to mess up on, finally did something interesting and maybe ripe for the environment. Because it's actually helped restore areas damaged by human activities, apparently, according to Stephen Mallon. And so you have one dumping that's been lingering there for years and might be damaging, you know, the the, the economics of Russia and even Ukraine because, and even Norway, actually, uh, all these other countries by the Barents Sea. And uh, what was dumped over there, you say? The K-27, a submarine dumped in the Kara Sea in 1981 in the K-159 which sunk 2003 into the barren sea uh, as it as they try to dismantle it and uh, you know Russian authorities i guess continue to monitor see if there's any unusual activity but maybe it's time to get that stuff out of there and and revitalize the norwegian the ukrainian Of course, Ukraine and Russia are at odds. And you wonder if this is going to play out for the U.S., if they know anything about this, and if they're going to try and jump in there, literally, and try and help out, and then maybe go for some energy. We'll have to see about that. Now, coming up, it was Yankee baseball back in action today. Pitchers and catchers reporting. And uh, I'm going to play a little music, and hopefully we're going to have our next guest our surprise guest on so bear with us one second So that is the intro to the Yes! Network theme, New York Yankee Baseball. And who else would I have on the show tonight but the one and only Ray Negron. Hey, Ray, how are you? Hey,
2: big fella. How you feeling today? I'm
1: feeling good. Pitchers and catchers are back in action. Obviously, that's one of the big stories. And A-Rod this week with the apology, but I want to first focus on pitchers and catchers. What are your thoughts on Tanaka early on, recovering from that injury he had last year? I mean, that's one of the big facets of this team this year.
2: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. You know, the Yankees will always find a way to win. They'll always find a way to get into the playoff picture. Uh, remember last year, we were still in the hunt until mid-September, uh, with all those injuries. Uh, this year we should be well prepared. I think the pitching staff should come together, but I am nervous. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Tanaka makes me nervous. Uh, CC's knee, uh, you know, at 33, 34, all those innings pitched. I'm nervous.
1: I would be, too. I mean, CC hasn't been the CC we had years ago. Now, what are your thoughts? Have you talked to Joe Girardi since they reported? What's he thinking? What's going through his mind as he deals with A-Rod, as he deals with this rotation, as he deals with the recovering Mark Deshera, too?
2: Well, I spoke to the Joe Girardi yesterday. I saw him working out, and uh, he is the eternal optimist. He reminds me of Rob Houck, and as far as he's concerned, this club is going to pull it together, and they're going to win.
1: Now, Ray, obviously a lot of people on my newsfeed know that you are on 930 WPAT. Talk about that. How would you get into radio, and what is your, what's your ultimate goal now that you're on the radio?
2: Hey, we all want to be Elvis Presley. You know that. So, you know, someone made me a little offer to go do that show. I tried it just to see uh, if I liked it. I've, it. I've it. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it even more when you've come in to pinch it for our, uh, our co-host, and you've done a hell of a job. You're Howard Cosell. Uh, so in essence, you know, listen, we'll see what goes, uh, next, what happens next, maybe a little TV.
1: Now, what other projects are you working on while you're doing the radio show, while you prep for that every week? I know you're, that's not stopping you though. You're doing a bunch of things at one time.
2: Well, I'm doing a, a, a graphic novel that'll be out sometime next year. Uh, it's based on my first year with the Yankees and Thurman Munson and Bobby Mercer and, and Billy and, and the whole wild a bunch. So you know, I'm doing that. That's number one priority. And then I'm uh, working on a. I'm always working on a movie. I'm always writing something. You know, so we'll see. Uh, I'm actually working on a book about Carmelo Anthony. And. Um,
1: what about him? You what, know, what's your relationship with Carmelo?
2: You know what? Uh, I love basketball. And I love the fascination of that a guy could come in there with two seconds and make that jumper and win a game. You know, you understand what I'm saying? And I think Carmelo's better than what he's been. And he's a nice guy, and he's good friends with Cece Sabathia. He saw the book I did with Cece Sabathia and said, "Hey, why don't we do something together?" And I you know, he's
1: that- he's now going for knee surgery, I believe, to end his season. So hopefully, back and strong for uh, Fisher's team next year.
2: Well, you know what? It's funny because when that happened, it, cha- it, it made me change the ending of that book, uh, which I won't even get into. You'll just have to wait and see.
1: Sounds interesting. Now, obviously, it's going to be five years. Five years this July, Ray. I can't. I can't fathom how fast time's flying. That we lost our our mentor, Mister Steinbrenner, and that's one of the common bonds we have had. All these years obviously I've met you running through Yankee Stadium and up in George's box but 5 years later what sticks with you about George what what is it about that you try and keep alive with George
2: Steinbrenner Hey just the fact that I love them period and and you know what and I and I'm happy that I I I always told him that I loved him and that I heard those words come out of his mouth and uh that I'm very proud of that
1: now, back to the Yankees, obviously, you know, uh, it, it was always tough with the managers and everything, and then the team's not doing as well as we'd like them to. Uh, but let's go back to Arod. one of the big signings that happened while George was alive and whatnot. A-Rod today being challenged by Joe Girardi. I mean, what do you think? Is this a right challenge? I mean, will he be able to prove himself for uh, Joe?
2: Hey, listen, you know what? This guy was always a terrific world-class athlete. I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, betting against him. I'm going to bet that he comes back and he does have a decent season, period.
1: And, you know, as I've said on the show a lot of times, I said you get him up in a clutch situation, we're not going to want him to strike out. We're actually going to want him to succeed because he's part of the team again.
2: That's right. And you know what? Uh, We've had it with Darrell. We've had it with Billy Martin when he was fired and we brought him back. We've had, listen, the Yankees have always been the team of second chances, third chances, 15 chances. So, come on. Let's stop the BS. Alex is coming back, and you know what? We need for him to do well.
1: Yo, Mancada, talk about him a little bit. They showed him, uh, they played him out again today. Third private workout with him. What are your thoughts? Do you know? Do you have any idea where he might sign in the next few days?
2: Uh, very interesting. Uh, uh, me and Alice went to see him yesterday with Gene Michael and Hank Steinbrenner, and uh, you know he's a terrific uh, athlete. Uh, he reminds me a lot physically of, uh, Ruben Rivera, the prospect that was supposed to be the next Mickey Mantle. Uh, are the results going to be like that? You know what? It could be because they're putting so much on this kid. But, uh, listen, is, is he a professional baseball player? For me, absolutely. Is he a $50 million, uh, baseball player? Hey, you know what? I, I, I can't write a check like that. I'm sorry.
1: Now, another big story out of the Yankee camp this week was the continuation of retired numbers. We're going to see Andy. We're going to see Posada. We're going to see Bernie Williams. All rightly deserving, but what what do you think? Do you think they should be retiring these guys' numbers? What are your thoughts on them?
2: I think they should retire my number. I'm upset about that. No one's coming, Sir Ray. We're going to give you a day. So you know what? They can go and – anyway. Now, getting back to what you were asking, uh, Alex, I like – situation of the retired numbers I think that's cool uh, but you know what you can't you, you know you you can't make a mockery of it you know it's too many numbers too many numbers but you know what I don't own the team it's not my team do they it's nice to put the plaques out there in monument park so the people can remember and all that kind of stuff uh, but the numbers thing well you know that's that's neither here nor there. Well, what can I say? I'm trying to keep my job, so I won't say whatever. Uh, anyway, well, I what wish I,
1: I, I, got... I, I wish they honored. I wish <laughs> I wish Mel would somehow be in the mix here, though. I, I you know, Mel Stottlemyre was the most one of the biggest reasons why not only did they win in the '90s, but he was a great pitcher in the late '60s. Hey,
2: hey, when they were bad, he was good, and I, I have to agree with you. I'm not a big Mel Stottlemyre fan. Never have been. But I agree with you. he was when they were bad, he was good, and uh and he gave the fans something to cheer about
1: now, I know really quickly uh George Simon got a field got a big renovation this year. Talk a little bit about that
2: it's beautiful. they got a new gym they got the clubhouse it's like twice the size um it, 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 it's just funny a uh, beautiful beautiful uh The uh, batting cages, uh, they're building a museum. Uh, They have like a a hall where you can actually have weddings and stuff like that.
1: So definitely moving up and up in uh, George M. Simoner Field. Obviously, always fun when this time comes around. Uh, What are the thoughts, your final thoughts on this? What are your thoughts going into the year? And I'm sure we'll catch up with you later on the line. And how long are you in Tampa for before you come back up to the city to do the show?
2: You know, every day I say I'm going back on Wednesday. Wednesday comes and I say, you know what, I can't leave. It's too cold in New York. So uh, the way things are going right now, you know, I don't know when I'm going back. All I know is, baby, it's cold outside. You know what I'm saying?
1: Sing it, Ray. Sing it.
2: (laughs) So, you know, I'm staying here until the end
1: and i know you got family to visit you know your boy uh, ricky's in auburn i'm sure he's kicking butt over in uh, as their program starts up uh, already right
2: yeah they started uh me and i was drove down there we went to see him play he looks like the he's built like that uh he's whatever his name is the cuban kid you know but uh he's doing well over there
1: well, Ray, thanks so much for coming on, and I think that's about it to wrap up this week's show. It was a jam-packed show. Talked a little bit about Rudy. Talked about Did you know that there could be tolls coming under the four East River Bridges? That could be happening in the near future. And uh, talked a little bit about everything else. So, Ray, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thank you, my brother. Anytime. You know that.
1: All right, and hopefully I'll see you Wednesday. See you. All right, and that was Ray Nagrown, special advisor to the Yankees, Always a great friend, and uh, thanks so much, Ray. As for me, that's about it for now this week. Jam-packed show, live from Spreaker Studios. I'm Alexander Garrett saying have a great night, and uh, catch us on the rebound. Take care.